we're back for episode three of Artists of the Roundtable. Welcome back, especially if you made it past uh, episode two, because that was a long one. If you made it through that one, congratulations. (laughs) Now we can dig into the actual building business and business techniques from here on out. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to talk about how we built our businesses our empire how we learned who we wanted to be as creatives and how we learned how to actually make money with it that's that, right that's the most important part for sure for so sure. to start off we uh have two separate businesses but we we work together karen what is the name of your company So my company is Significant Moments Photography. I specialize in maternity, motherhood, and underwater portraiture. And I have next-level photography, and I focus on doing personal branding, headshots, and helping uh, commercial corporations do their headshots for their uh, employees and Helping them to just get brand recognition. Correct. For sure. So let's kind of revisit, I guess, back. You just started your business. I did. So where we left off with episode two, I had just begun um, Significant Moments Photography. Left David's Bridal. I had left David's Bridal. um, And it, it... while I, as soon as I left David's Bridal, I, I know in episode two, I, we kind of finished off with my first sale, which was amazing. It was a $2,400 sale. Um, but I didn't want to mislead anybody to think that I just jumped into photography without learning or figuring out how to run a business and I just landed that sale by accident. So while I was at David's Bridal, especially towards the end, I spent so much time. uh, Andrew and I pulled so many all-nighters where we were just learning and reading and taking classes. Developing how we were going to come up with a strategy. Exactly. Because because you need a plan. We do. and We said all in or not. That's right. And we went all in. We did everything that we possibly could to give us the, the best start to actually having a business, a a running, functioning business. Um, So I think the first thing to start off with was one of the most important things that I had learned up until that point was how I needed to pull income in. And I'm talking about actual income um, where we would be able to pay our bills and just have finances. Because it's not about just taking pretty... It's not. So a lot of creatives just feel like if their work is good enough, that that's going to be enough for them to book clients. That's going to be enough for them to make money. But that's actually not the case. In all actuality, you have to be a numbers and a business minded person. You just have to. That's the part of it. Yeah. People don't understand sometimes. It's not just taking a picture. Right. Not just the techniques of everything. But you actually got to learn the marketing, the selling. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, that's really difficult for creatives, I think, because our our minds just don't naturally work that way. So Andrew even said to me, I I remember telling him, I was like, "I, I know that I can photograph this and make it beautiful. And he said to me, okay, that's awesome, but how are you gonna make money from that? Because, you know, up until this point, what I had been doing was taking pictures and giving my clients all of the digital files for X amount of dollars. Now, granted, that amount did go up as my 
craft got better, as my knowledge of the industry got better, but it still was not enough. So I was photographing uh, clients that I was selling maybe, you know, $250. Back then we were putting images on a CD um, <laughs> and, you know, giving them 50, 70 images for that cost. There's probably not even see computers with CD things anymore. Either. There's not. There's um, not. And even the USBs are, are changing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So when Andrew said that to me, I was like, oh my God, he's absolutely right. I need to, I need to actually be able to break down how much money I need to be making an hour. Because when you're selling digital files, even if you're selling them for maybe $500, by the time you factor in the time it takes you to photograph, the time that you spent communicating with your client, the time it's spent for you to edit these images, and the fact that you are giving clients everything that you've taken, all of your artwork, you're really getting paid closer to minimum wage or coming in at a loss. So I spent quite a bit of time taking classes learning how to do IPS, which for those of you who don't know what IPS is, IPS stands for in-person sales. Which is the goal of what? To to have your sales better, make more money by um, selling wall art, art, yeah, products, uh, products, heirlooms, heirlooms. I mean, you know, and when you think about it, just if you think about any time that you spent with your family, what what's one of the most popular things that families like to do? You know, around the holidays, yeah. they pull their albums out and they look through all of these images. I mean, when you think about your grandparents or any family that you may have. Images, it, it's print. It's what we go back to to those old images. Have yeah. those memories, yeah. So that, for some reason, tends to get lost, especially among the photography community. People think all they want are the digitals. Oh, I need these to right. share. Right, they're in this world of sharing. And put it on social media, but really. As photographers, our goal should be to give our clients and to offer our clients tangible products that they can pass down to their family. So after I I started to embrace this thought process of in-person sales, I took the time to create a price list. Um, There was quite a bit of math involved to make sure that I was profiting from my sales sessions versus coming out at a loss. Um, Not only are photographers who are selling digital files probably making a lot less than they think they are, but they're, they're going to get burned out because they're constantly working, trying to make money when in all actuality, it's just their business structure that needs to be changed so that they can actually start to profit. So when I started to do IPS, it it was a lot of trial and error. So yeah, it still is Uh, pricing. And we're going to do an entire segment just on pricing alone. Um, So I'm not going to get too far into that, but pricing should be a living, breathing, moving thing in any company. I mean, if you just take into consideration the cost of things since COVID hit back in 2020, the cost of everything has gone up. So just like any business, why would you not apply that to your business, whatever you may be doing, whether you are a music artist, a painter, a photographer, the cost of your products should always be changing. Which makes me laugh. I was actually in a group I didn't show you, but uh, the photographer, you just know I'm always stirring things up. I didn't post anything, but this particular (laughs) photographer says, don't change prices because 
the, all that's going to do is you, your customer, your old clients, it's going to scare them away. I never change my <laughs> prices. They don't go up in five years. No, yeah, that's definitely probably not the best advice to go by. <laughs> um, because again, what's our whole purpose? We're here to actually run a functioning, well-oiled machine as a business. If you were to compare your business to any other company out there and you see all of these other companies, like for example, even Lowe's and Home Depot, the cost of wood, uh, the cost of materials to just, just build a ship to you, everything has gone up. So why would your cost as a service provider not go up as well? So the cost and pricing is always going to be changing. It's going to be moving. Should be. It should be. Yeah. It's something that you should always be looking at and considering. So I, I started this. I just think they don't want to update their video. It's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible because it's a lot of work to keep things updated all the time. I mean, it's it's true. But, you know, what's the point in starting our own business if we're not going to actually run it like a business? So and that's part to yeah, that's part the of the that's part of the job title that we decided to take on. So we have to be proactive and constantly looking at our business and seeing where we can improve or change costs or better our client experience, whatever the case make may be. Make our life easier. Yes, make, absolutely. Make it better for our So clients. this first sale that I had after I quit David's Bridal was my first in-person sales session as well. So it's very important that I made that clear. Um, so what they did is they came in, they ended up ordering my top package, which was $2,400. And again, I was in tears because that was the most money that I had ever made at one point in time. And it was more than I had made at David's Bridal <laughs> over several months. months. So, yeah. so I, I was just over the moon, excited. Um, now, even though that was an absolutely amazing sale, it still I still was very new now, in my this was career. A, uh, it was senior a senior at session, this point, right? Yeah, yeah it was a senior session, photograph. which I I don't photograph. And it's not that. Um, so something that I want to make clear up front is that Andrew and I hit a bunch of controversial subjects um, among the photography industry. But I am going to tell you the very truthful side to it so that that way when you are applying this to your business you know all sides of it so my point in saying that is a popular idea in photography is that you need to photograph every niche every field because you're opening yourself up to to more fields to be able to pull in more income but here's the thing what I found out very quickly is that if you can single in if you on can master. Yes. If you can single in and, and hone in be, on a couple of niche fields. Be a specialist. Be a specialist in something. You are no longer a commodity photographer. You are now a sought out photographer because you are the best at what you do. And just to put a little perspective on it, if you think about it, if you were to break your foot you're not going to go to your family doctor. You are going to go to somebody who is going to specialize in your feet, in a foot, how to repair the bones in your foot. So that's why, and I like to liken it to like a doctor who specializes in maybe orthopedic or something like that because why are they called specialists? They are the best at what they do. And so for me, in the beginning, just like a lot of photographers, I photographed a lot of everything to kind of try to figure out 
where my talent truly lied. And what you liked. And, and what made me happy and what I connected with. Um, so I, just like everybody, I, I photographed everything. I did weddings. I photographed pets. I did families. Which is fine because that's the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way that you're going to really figure out where your true passion lies. And it's not until you find that passion within yourself that you can really start to hone in. And as we've been saying, specialize in something that's going to draw clients to you. So in the beginning, I actually wanted to be a family and newborn photographer. The, my reasoning behind that it's was... pretty popular. It's, yeah. And in my mind as a mother, I'm thinking that, you know, newborn portraits is going to be, you know, what's going to make a lot of money. And that was, you know, very... In the beginning, everything is all about just figuring out how you can make the most money. Um, when in all actuality, it should be more about figuring out your passion and then letting the money come after you have found your passion. Um, but, you know, you have to pull in income some way, so, and you have to learn what your passion is somehow. So photographing a lot of different niche fields is really important for every artist to do. Um, so as I was starting, my mind was focused on family and newborn portraits in particular. And I, along the way, had a friend who was expecting, and she just simply asked me, she was like, hey, Karen, do you mind taking pictures? You know, I'll be eight months next week. And I said, absolutely. You know, another chance for me to pull my camera out to just... Try something new. Yeah, photograph. I always encourage any artist to just photograph. Just do as much as you can in the field that you're interested in because that's the best way that you're going to learn. So, of course, I, I was like, absolutely, I'll photograph you guys. And I did. When that session was over... Andrew told me, he was like, honey, you really have a unique eye with maternity portraiture. I think you should consider this being one of your niche fields. And I, it, it literally caused an argument between us because I was like, honey, nobody is going to want to spend money on their maternity portraiture. <laughs> Everybody's going to want pictures of their baby. Nobody's going to care about having portraits of themselves. And I was just so hell-bent on making sure that he knew that I was right about this and he was wrong. Because I didn't know anything about photography. Because he didn't know anything about photography. And because I had taken <laughs> classes, I just was a know-it-all. And I was humbled <laughs> so quickly. Um, and I, I ended up going back to him a couple days later. I'm so passionate about everything that like, I can get super heated and it takes me a couple days to calm down. Once I did, I went to him and I said, you know what? You may be right. I'm going to run a model call. I'm going to do four models, maternity only. I'm going to pour my heart and soul into this, and then I'll see where it goes. Um, after I did those four model calls and I really let my mind and my heart decide how I wanted to portray these women during such an important time in their life. We went all out here. We went found locations that no one had photographed before. We sure did. We researched everything, everything that we possibly could, wardrobes, locations. We even found this amazing temple right in Georgia that <laughs> I don't even know how we came across it, but we took one of the models there. Um, she was of Asian descent, and it was just so absolutely beautiful. It looked like we were in China somewhere. It did, like, yeah, it absolutely did. You would have did. no idea it was in It was Georgia. off of a main highway, and <laughs> it looked like... This someone's backyard, literally. They had their dogs come out, and then they got this giant temple in their backyard. It was so stunning. It was such a work of art. The architecture was absolutely beautiful. But we just... The point in telling you that is that we spent so much time and energy to just really give maternity portraiture a shot. 
Um, because I, I had already shut it down in my mind. So when I made the decision, you know what, let me just try it and see because I'm trying everything else. Let me go ahead and give this a, a real shot and see how it goes. When I did that, my heart and mind was set because I was able to view the my subject in a way that nobody else was photographing maternity portraits at that time. And Andrew just told me, he said, honey, you really have a knack for this. And I think that this is where we should focus. And I couldn't disagree with him because I was so happy doing what was in my mind for these expecting women that it just, it was almost, it just like was bleeding out of me. This creativity was. So I, you know, at this point in time, I had already started an Instagram page. I had a Facebook page. Um, my website was there, but it wasn't necessarily SEO friendly at this point in time, but I had all of the basic fundamentals to kind of start to market once I had marketing material. So after I did these model calls and I really felt like I sort of found my calling at that point in time, I knew it was going to be a struggle because up until this point, everyone was photographing maternity clientele the same. It was all in a field with a... White jeans and, or white shirt and jeans, jeans and or, the ultrasound picture or baby yeah, boots. Yeah, they had little baby boots by the belly Maybe or the blocks ultrasound. spelling the baby's Spe- name. <laughs> yeah, which I did all of that. I did all of those things too. So that's not to, to discredit anybody who does that because I definitely did it. But I wanted to add a more couture, high-end feel. It felt more like they're just like like little reveal side pictures more right, than anything. People right. weren't really doing it seriously. They weren't. They were. Nobody was offering As something art. more for these clients. So when that wasn't I something you would hang on a wall. No, and it, I don't know if anybody remembers um, because I was even young. But I remember Demi Moore. She was on the cover, I believe, of Time magazine, and she was like one of the first women to to pose nude for her maternity portraits, and it just caused such a splash. So uh, this came flooding back to me as I'm photographing these women, and I'm like, nobody photographs maternity portraiture in like a couture, high-end way. And I said, that's, I can't believe it because becoming a mother was something that just absolutely changed my life. And it's also one of the most vulnerable times I feel for, for a woman. You know, you may not necessarily feel your best. Your body's changing. You're trying to embrace these changes. So to find a photographer out there to photograph you, making you feel beautiful and sexy, I felt like there was this stigma that as soon as you became a mom, everything kind of had to be, you know, simple and frumpy and kind of lifestyle. And I, I wanted to change that. So after I ran these model calls, I had plenty of material to start marketing myself. And, you know, when funds are really tight in the beginning of building your business, you don't necessarily have all of the funds at your disposal to pour into SEO. So what did I do? I used the free forms of marketing that were available to me. So I used Instagram, I used Facebook, and I know creatives, <laughs> this is a controversial subject for creatives because keeping up with social media is like another job. But again, job itself, yeah, it is. But again, you know, that's why we became business owners. That's part of our job title is to 
be able to market for ourselves. So it's something that we have to do, whether we like it or, or not. And I know that a lot of people will probably say, well, I built my business without using those things. That's amazing. However, if you are not in this day and age on... It's a different time. It's a completely different time. So uh, as much as you may not... relevant. It's... Exactly. You gotta... As much as you may not want to hear it, social media is a huge, huge part of business, and it's free. Why would you not use something that's free to market yourself? It just doesn't make sense. This so, was eight years ago, so it's, this is when you know Instagram. This stuff was, was really, fairly new. It was, yeah. yeah, it was new. So it was. It, it blew was up. It blew up. Because no one was seeing anything like this. this right. Was... So it, it. I went through um, a couple of months where I had my first $2,400 sale, and then I didn't book any more clients that were in my niche field that I wanted to go to until I booked these four model calls, and I was able to really create what was in my head. Because we tried the seniors, but... The, well, the seniors was just a, an entirely different marketing game, and I found that my it, it wasn't that I disliked photographing. It seniors. wasn't that you photographed them bad; you photographed it, them awesome. Right. Really. It was just my personal passion wasn't there, and I realized it was just because I personally have a connection with motherhood and pregnancy, and it, it's not that I can't appreciate seniors like I said our daughter is about to be 15 and you know I'm everybody asked me are you going to take her senior portraits I absolutely am yep. not we are we already found the photographer and he's booked um so <laughs> I will entrust that to someone else because my passion doesn't lie there um and again I know that's pretty controversial because people say well you know if you photograph one thing well you should be able to photograph everything well and it's not that I can't photograph a wedding or that I can't photograph mm -hmm. seniors seniors or dogs because we can it's just that's not where my passion lies and if I'm going to be putting in all of this effort and time and energy I want it to be something that makes me happy um, and and that's what I did so once I started posting these images and mind you I had to do quite a bit of research on how Instagram worked understanding hashtags because you know at the beginning when Instagram was still fairly new people were using hashtags not knowing that they were essentially keywords so <laughs> I remember teaching my first class on marketing and people, and that's been what, four, four and a half years ago. And people were like, wait a minute, what is a hashtag? So <laughs> even then after Instagram had been around for a while, hashtags was still uh, kind of a very unknown tagging people territory. Yeah. So I had to do a lot of, of research and just educating myself on how Instagram actually worked. It wasn't enough to just post an image and throw in random hashtags like hashtag sunny day. Yeah, you hashtag, know. I like smile. Right, right. I which mean, is it made what no a lot sense. Of, yeah, which is what a lot of people did back then um, because they just didn't quite understand that hashtags is essentially keywords like, like you Google. would on Google. Yeah, SEO. like when people type in, you know, best maternity photographer. That's the same thing that a hashtag is. So understanding that once I started to use that marketing material and use Instagram in a way that was able to bring me clientele. So the first year and a half to two years, 80% of my business came from Instagram. I want to say that again because I know, like I said, a lot of people just don't see the relevance in social media, but I'm going to say it again. 80% of my clientele came from Instagram the first year and a half, uh, close to two years of my business. Basically, it built 
it built my empire. It, it was, was the, the beginning the building blocks of my empire. Without that, and it could have been possibly because I wasn't investing in SEO, which truly, if I had any regrets of anything or, or any advice to upcoming business owners or people who maybe feel like they're in a lull in their business, it would be to 100% invest in SEO, which is search engine optimization for your website. Um, that would be my biggest regret that I didn't do that sooner. But again, we didn't know at the point. We didn't know the didn't the understand. relevance of that, and we also didn't have a lot of funds. So we were trying to build what we could the cheapest way that we could. Um, but in again, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're going to hear me say that so much. Knowing what I know now, I would have put that on a freaking credit card so fast. Knowing that SEO is so important and it pulls in so many amazing clients. So. At the time, I did the best that I could with the knowledge that I had. And honestly, it worked so amazingly for me. So once I started doing that, I, I finally started booking clients. And it, it they just it was almost like a light switch went off. And I remember because Andrew Some was of those clients are still clients today. Yep, they've stuck with me for, for years. So I remember during that period from having that one twenty four hundred dollar sale until I started booking, you know, maternity clientele. Andrew was feeling a little bit of pressure because even though my paycheck that I was getting at David's Bridal wasn't, you know, a large amount, it didn't really help that much. It was still extra income. So without that, Andrew was feeling a little bit of, of stress from, you know, being the only person pulling in any sort of finances for our family. And I could see the stress on his face. And I, I remember telling him we had a heart to heart conversation. And I said, babe, I do not want to give up on this. But if I do not book somebody by February... I'll go back and get a job while we continue to build this. And he said, okay, that's fine. He just, you know, we needed to have a plan. Everybody needs to have a plan in place in case, you know, maybe they go through a quiet spell or whatever the case may be. And remember, we didn't have any savings at this point in time because we weren't pulling in enough money. Well, lo and behold, the very next day I booked somebody and then I continued to book people for the rest of my career up until today. Um, so just the importance of being able to find a field that you are passionate about, that the artwork just flows naturally for you. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. You don't get stuck uh, worrying about posing or worrying about uh, what to do with your client next. It just flows. The more you do it, the better the, you become at it, the yes. more... And it People wasn't long. You for it. Absolutely. And it wasn't long that because I was photographing maternity portraiture in such a unique way that my business started gaining traction, not just with clients, but with the photography industry mm -hmm. as a whole, because nobody was doing what I was doing at the time. And it just hand over fist. So like my first year, I want to say I, I made like $7,000. My second year, it like quadrupled my income. And, and normally, typically with businesses, you see like large growth within the yeah. first or second year. And then after that, it kind of goes down to maybe like a 10% growth or 5% growth, maybe 15, depending, you know, on what you're doing. My finances every year, my profit kept doubling, sometimes tripling every single year. Uh, and then it got to a point where it was not just doubling and tripling. It was like quadrupling itself. We were hitting new tax brackets every single tax period. And it was just, it was amazing. But with that income, I decided to take that and pour it 
back into the business, continue to work on building my website, work on figuring out new ways of marketing, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Uh, We started investing in SEO. We were building my website, making it more search engine optimized, uh, optimizable, I guess I should say. We just started to make sure that our funds were well spent. So I think a lot of business owners, when they start making uh, more money, they kind of get comfortable with the income that they have and they're not thinking long-term goals five years, 10 years from now, where do you want want your business to be? So you want to do the same thing forever, shoot a hundred people to your seven years old. Exactly. And that was definitely not a goal of ours. So we, we made sure that that money was invested right back into the business. Um, but really and truthfully, the growth that my company saw was because I specialized in a field. I learned as much as I possibly could about expecting mothers. And even though I'm a mom myself, that didn't automatically mean that I knew everything about pregnancy or or you know, how a pregnant woman was feeling. I learned to read their body language. I learned how they needed to eat and drink and sleep the week before their session so that their energy levels were good. I learned the best timing for them to come and take their pictures. If it was their first pregnancy, if it was their third pregnancy, if they were carrying twins, I just was like a sponge and I took everything I possibly could in and I let it marinate and and continue to better my business. Um, The next area that I would like to say with building our empire was our client experience. So one thing I can tell you is that, you know, people don't always understand the work that goes into photography or uh, how much it actually costs. Taking a picture and being done. Absolutely. <laughs> and and truthfully, not only was the maternity field as a whole lacking um, that couture high-end vibe, but it was also lacking in client experience. There was no photographers out there that was having, you know, Even these posing itself was just very minimal. Like there was no variety in anything. So the other area that really set me apart from other photographers and still sets me apart is the experience that I provide my clients. Now, granted, when you're kind of coming from an area where you don't really understand money and, you know, $2,000 is just a whole lot of money, you don't quite fully appreciate or understand what an amazing experience is until you actually get to witness that yourself as a consumer. It's funny because that uh, is a quote, what was it, Steve Harvey, he said, you know, just take a first class plane trip and yeah. just see the difference. Yes, and and that I can tell and you. And it'll change your whole mindset Absolutely, absolutely. And that alone right there, just being able to, Go as a consumer into a higher-end store and see how I was treated as a consumer helped me so much in understanding how I wanted my clients to be treated so that not only were they getting amazing artwork, but they were also having an amazing experience. Okay, it goes along with it. Right, it does. They go hand in hand. So again, going back to like the what I call the shoot and burner mentality of where you just take pictures and send them on their way with digital files. That what kind of a relationship is that? And can you really expect like what is it about you and your business that's setting you apart from the eight million other people in the same field as you? I could do the same thing. Exactly. I mean, at that point in time, you are now. 
not only comparing yourself to everyone around you, which is super toxic for your mentality, but it's not helping you progress in your business. You're, you're now having to kind of price check with everybody. You're, you're having to compete with you're prices. yourself back in that com- commodity category. You're, you're never going to get out of that same wheel of getting the same clients who only want to pay a certain amount and and. For good reason. I mean, what are you offering them that's different from everybody else, which is where the experience comes into play. So not only did I realize that my portraiture needed to stand out significantly, but my experience in the way that I treated my clients needed to stand out significantly as well. So the first year and a half of my business, once I started booking clients, I was always revisiting what I could do to better my experience for my clients. Um, And I I always use when I'm teaching about this uh, part of my business, I always say, you know, we're in a such a unique time in in human history where women are embracing their bodies during pregnancy. You know, if you look back to the 70s and 80s, women were wearing tents to kind of hide their baby bump. And now we have women who are in, you know, bikinis on the beach and they have these beautiful crop tops and they're just living their life embracing this amazing journey to motherhood. Clothing by itself now is just a billion dollar industry. Absolutely. And so why would we ever think that they want to feel women want to feel beautiful? They do. They really do. And 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 they want to be proud and show it off. They sure do. And that was the next thing I was going to say is that we're also in a time where everything is YOLO. You only live once, right? So have the best experience, have the best. You, you, wanna, you don't want to miss out on anything. Mm-hmm. So it, for us as creatives, it's a beautiful time because we get to be a part of that. We get to help our clients feel absolutely amazing and give them artwork and an experience that they can't just get anywhere. Yeah. That was really what set my business apart from every other photographer in my area. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Karen, aren't you worried about teaching people? Aren't you worried that they're going to just take your business? And my answer to that is, is no, I'm not worried about it. Because even if you were to line 50 photographers up in a row, every single one of us has a different eye, a different vision. We're going to photograph the same subject in a different way. So there is no competition for me. And that's not to sound cocky because I want everybody to look at it that way. Um, I want you all to realize that you have something special to offer your potential clients. You just have to find what that is and and make it happen, make it come to life. So in doing so, that was what really led to my empire just exploding and building. And to all of the people who told me that it couldn't be done, I am happy and proud to say that we have done it and are continuing to do it. So for the longest time, everyone just kind of mocked me at the fact that I was photographing and specifically photographing maternity clientele because, again, most people were thinking family and newborn is where the money is and that's where you should focus. And then when, It's always funny you say, you know, with even with weddings, you got, you could get married again with wedding pictures. Oh, absolutely. But and maternity, this is the only time you will ever be pregnant with this one child. You may be pregnant again, but, but it's not going to be with this child. Exactly. So that so was another thing that I would always tell my potential clients is that the documentation of this this pregnancy is a once-in-a-lifetime once moment. So when we hit the six-figure sale mark, we had to go out and celebrate because we proved so many people wrong that told us it 
just could not be done. And today, we are a profiting six-figure business just in the maternity clientele alone. So if you are out there as a creative just wondering if if you're ever going to make it or if this is really a doable career for you, it is. It is. You do have to be a smart business person and you do have to be aware of the experience that you're giving your clients. But don't ever let anybody tell you that it cannot be done because it can. And we are living, walking proof of that, both of us. Um, and Think about I, your other field too. I was so. just about to say, so then the next field that I um, started to really focus on was underwater. Um, just quick history on that. I love the water. I have always been a water baby. Um, I am obsessed with the ocean. I am trying to convince Andrew to let me go swim with sharks. He, no, not just sharks. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking just like your regular old Like little, nurse sharks? Yeah, we're not. No, not I want to get in with like She wants to get in with Jaws. <laughs> they, they look so happy. They're always smiling at you. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm just, I've always been obsessed with the water. But as a kid, I was supposed to have tubes put in my ears because I would constantly get ear infections. And because of, you know, our personal situation, it just never happened. We were always moving around to, you know, it was just, we could never get it done. So, so my doctor, well, I got an ear infection every time I got in the water. So my doctor literally said, even when you're showering, you're going to have to put earplugs in. And so I just got in the habit of not putting my head underwater ever. And if I was in the shower, I had earplugs in. So one day I booked a maternity client and she says, have you ever thought of doing, you know, something underwater? And I said, I have thought about doing something underwater. I've just been a little nervous to do it. I said, but you know what? It's been a long time since I've had an ear infection. Let's, Let's try it. And that session was the most difficult <laughs> session I have ever done in my life. What did we do? How did you start it? I was immediately hooked, though, because I am, I am obsessed with the challenge of underwater. And when it challenged me, I was like, oh, yes, this is for me. To be continued in part two.